Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. All right, we're going to just remain standing. I'm going to take you to Matthew chapter 3, and I'm going to read uh, just a few verses, and we're going to get into this. Before I do, I just want to uh, preface this message by saying I'm going to preach from conviction today. All right? Not out of conviction, but from conviction. Meaning, I've walked to this pulpit today convicted. And what I am convicted about is the revelation that God gave me today of something that is all too familiar to the church. And I'm confessing along with my conviction that I fell into the trap of following suit. Okay, so hear me, hear me through. I'm being very transparent with you. You know, I can't stand it when somebody says, can I be honest with you? <laughs> because when they say that, it tells me this time. <laughs> sure, go ahead. Because every other time you've not been. So... I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm being transparent with you that I have looked at certain institutions that are founded and sounded in New Testament theology and practiced them as a routine or pattern to the point that it's almost like they've lost effect. God forbid that we baptize people on porches and act like you can eat a hamburger and have coffee and sit around while people are going through perhaps the greatest transition and conversion that they may ever experience in their entire life. It's a lost it's a loss of respect. It's a lack of respect that the body of Christ has just accepted. So I, I'm confessing that to you to the point that, especially in this region, you know, people baptizing outside, just chilling. And so I'm like, oh, that's what y'all do. Well, I do that too. Josh, go baptize them. I'm going to go to the office and have some water and you know, and we stand around in the foyer and people are getting baptized, Vicky, and we're just chilling. So I've, I've come here with a mission today, with an agenda, and that is to eradicate the complacent notion that baptism is just another exercise in the church. And we're going to show you some things today that I promise you, you'll never see baptism the same again. When you leave this, as a matter of fact, you probably going to want to slip on a t-shirt. I had to be careful about what I wore today because I kind of had this vision of me jumping off this platform into that baptism. God help me not do that unless you can give your angels 
some orders to protect me on my dive. Matthew chapter 3 verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and began preaching. Now that's already good. His message was, repent of your sins and turn to God. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is near. The prophet Isaiah was speaking about John when he said, John is a voice shouting in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. This is the New Living Translation. I like it. Verse 4 says, John's clothes were woven from coarse camel hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. Don't ask me what wild honey is. I didn't know there was tamed honey. Verse 5, people from Jerusalem and of all Judea and all over the Jordan Valley went out to see and hear John. Boy, that totally obliterates the notion of location, location, location. When you really got a message and you've really been anointed by God, if you preach it in the wilderness, the city will empty itself to come hear you. I just throw that in there. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to watch him, watch him, to watch him baptized, he denounced them. You brood of snakes, who warned you to flee the coming wrath? Boy, he's a nice preacher, right? <laughs> Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say it to each other. We're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing, for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Even now, the acts of God's judgment, the acts of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not worthy even to be his slave or carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and he will baptize you with fire. I'm going to preach today a message entitled Under the Influence. I need you to say that to about three people around you. Under the influence. Would you lift your hands please? Lord, let an anointing to preach settle on the preacher today. And let an anointing to hear settle on the people today. Lord, convert us from mere listeners to hearers of your word. 
open our hearts and open heaven over this sanctuary. And we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are hearing you today. Father, have your way. We bind every generational curse and we break it in the name of Jesus. We speak against any generational spirit now. And we rebuke it in Jesus' name. Lord, let revelation run its course here today. Thank you for this great day. Have your way. 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 A divine way. A powerful way. A dynamic way. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Now everybody give him the biggest praise that you've given him all day. Can you do that? Come on, everybody. Clap your hands and shout to the Lord Jesus. High five somebody and tell them it's on right now in Jesus' name. I'm going to read verse 11 and 12 from the Message Bible. I'm baptizing you. You may be seated. I'm baptizing you here in the river. Turning your old life in for a kingdom life. The real action comes next. The main character in this drama. Compared to him, I'm a mere stagehand. He will ignite the kingdom life within you. A fire within you. The Holy Spirit within you. Changing you from the inside out. He's going to clean house. He's going to make a clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in its proper place before God. Everything false, he'll put out with the trash to be burned. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, is a power-packed dialogue about a powerful prophet named John the Baptist. In these 11 verses... We find this prophet of preparation is what I call John the Baptist. The prophet of preparation. And he's declaring two things. Repentance and he's issuing a rebuke. He's declaring repentance and he's issuing a rebuke. In verses 10 and 11, he speaks to the religious right. Namely, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And he tells them, you are acting like you are right, but you are not living like you are right. You're acting right, but you're not living right. Hmm. You pump fake in the people. As I was praying, I thought the church has been caught operating in the mode of the mundane when it comes to methods of conversion and discipleship. What we treat as commonplace tends to lose its concentrated power. I'll say it again. What we treat in the church as commonplace, tends to lose its concentrated power. It's like the act of communion. 
The act of baptism has now lost its priority to the point that we treat it as just ordinary. We have extracted the supernatural out of God's divine strategy. We have treated it as duty, not devotion. We have treated it as formality and not something transforming. Baptism. Hmm. I'm going to give you three words today and the first one is priority. Say the word priority. The second one is preparation. Say it. And the third one is personal identification. Priority. Let's talk about baptism in relation to priority. Lord, I pray that when I get through preaching this message here today, that people will run up here and dive in in this pool here. Yeah. Convict us today. In Jesus' name. John the Baptist said, I baptize specifically with water. And there is a distinction between my baptism and the baptism of the one coming after me. I have a role and responsibility and he has a role and responsibility. Mine has to do with water. His has to do with fire. In other words, don't try to get to the fire without going through the water. Hmm. Priority is the state of being earliest in time. Priority. Priority takes precedence over other things. Priority is to be first in rank and importance. So the question is, why is baptism a priority? Why is baptism a priority? And why is water the priority of John the Baptist? Hmm. I believe it's because of the use of the word water. Say it, water. What did Bruce Lee say? Be water, my friend. I thought I'd just throw that in there. You, you all went with, with me right there to, to Bruce Lee. Water. And I thought, why is water so important? Why must we be baptized with water? Well, you know me. I went all the way back to the beginning. See? In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the deep. Watch it now. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the earth. No. It moved upon the face of the waters. Where did the Spirit of God move? In the face of water. 
The first time you ever see the Spirit of God move, it is in the face of water. And God keeps dealing with water in Genesis chapter 1. In verse 6 he says, and God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the what? Earth? No, the waters. And let it divide the water from the water. And God made a firmament and divided the water, which was under the firmament from the waters, which were above the firmament. And it was so. Skip down to verse 9, chapter 1. In the beginning, God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together to one place and let dry land appear. How can you call water back and bring forth dry land? Tell your neighbor there's something under that water. (laughs) Watch now. And it was so, and God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. So God speaks to me and said, in the beginning of every great thing, there is water. In the beginning of creation, there is water. When the Israelites came out of Egypt, what did they go through? The Red Sea. When those same Israelites were about to enter the promised land, they had to go through water, the Jordan River. I was thinking a baby is carried in what? Water. A sign that there's about to be new life is your water is breaking. In the beginning of everything great and new, there is water. God convicted me and said, son, if you preach it right, you don't even have to tell them about water. They will ask for water. I said, hold on, Holy Ghost. What are you saying? Again, if you preach the gospel right, they will ask for water. You don't have to tell them about water. And he took me to Acts chapter 8. And sometimes you just got to let the Bible preach by itself. And I'm going to do that right now. Verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip and said, Arise and go toward the south, the way that goes down to Jerusalem, which is the desert. And he arose and he went and behold a man of Ethiopia a eunuch of great authority of the Ethiopians who had charge of all the queen's treasure came to Jerusalem to worship and was returning and sitting in his chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. The spirit said to Philip, don't miss this, go near that chariot and join yourself to that chariot. That'll preach by itself. And Philip ran to him And heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, 
do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he will come and sit with him in the chariot. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shearer. So opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray, of whom speaketh this prophet? Of himself or of some other man? Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached to him Jesus. Y'all need to hear Pastor Rick this morning. You ought to be able to preach Jesus from any scripture that you read from the Bible. Because the Bible is about one man. The Bible is about one plan. That man is Jesus Christ and that plan belongs to God. He preached Jesus. And as they went their way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with your heart, you can be baptized. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he told the chariot to stand still. Listen to the Bible. And they went down both in the water. Both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. That is powerful. When you preach it to the point that you not only want the one you baptizing to be baptized, but you got to baptize yourself while you're baptizing somebody else. Philip is so convicted about the initiation of new life being through water that he himself went down in the water. And when they were come up, they were come up out of the water. The spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. And the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. Good God have mercy. If you preach it right, you don't have to tell them about water. They will ask for water. Some of you, even when you were baptized the first time, you did it out of formality. You did it because somebody said you ought to get baptized. You did it to fulfill law and not to fulfill purpose. I came by to tell you, fulfilling law does not sanctify you to a divine purpose. The act of obedience of being baptized into water is the initiation of the greatest purpose you will ever enjoy in your entire life. That's why baptism is a priority. Preaching good, Pastor Rick. He says in verse 11, John speaking, Matthew chapter 3, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. Say the word preparation. He does not say, I baptize to get them to change. Hmm, Lord. 
He does not say, I baptize them so that they'll change. No, he says, I baptize them who have changed their minds. It is futile to baptize people thinking they will change. You baptize people who have already changed their mind. There ain't no need in you getting in this water if you have not already changed your mind. But if you've changed your mind, this water is going to enhance your future. Oh, Lord have mercy. Matthew 3, 1, his message from the beginning was repent of your sins and turn to God. In verse 8, he tells the Pharisees and Sadducees, prove your repentance by what you produce. You all know what repent means. Everybody in here knows it means to change your mind. Repent doesn't mean crying. Repent is not remorse. Repent is changing your mind. Too many of you have cried thinking that the crying changed you. That's conviction. Conviction is the initiation of change. Conviction is not change. You are convicted so you will change. You're not convicted and changed. You are convicted then you change. Preach, Pastor Rick. Too many people have been satisfied with feeling bad. As a matter of fact, preachers make a profession out of, uh, out of making people feel bad so they'll feel good about feeling bad. It is not God's wrath that makes men change their mind. You're not going to serve God because you're afraid of hell. I'm preaching better to you than you talking back to me. You're not going to change your mind because you're afraid of hell. You're going to follow God not because of his wrath. Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. It is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. I didn't come here to make you feel bad. I came here to make you feel good because God's love is so deep that perfect love drives out all fear. And then once you get the revelation that I'm serving God because he loved me so much, then you're not going to be in and out serving God, saved, unsaved. You can't do that. Once you're saved, you're saved. Fall into the graceful hands of God and fall into the loving heart of God and serve him because he loves you, not because he can kill you and send you to hell. John said it like this. We love him because he first loved us. I'm not trying to get you to follow him, shaking like, oh God, any day God's going to grab a lightning bolt and throw it out of heaven and strike me dead. No, I'm trying to turn you on to the fact that his heart is so big that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Neither height, 
nor depth, nor things to come, nor things present, no demon, no principality. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. I follow him because I love him. I serve him because he loves me. If there's a Jesus lover in this building, would you jump up and give him a love praise right now? You don't repent, you may be seated, because you feel bad. You repent at the revelation of how good he is. You didn't miss his wrath, you missed his goodness. We preach turn or burn. You're going to a devil's hell. Brother, you turn or you burn, you're going to a devil's hell. Some of y'all are looking at me and saying, that's right. Preach it like that, Pastor Rick. Preach it like that. But you don't live it like that. You don't live it like that. Because if you lived it like that, you wouldn't have said that cuss word you said last night when David Payne was talking about that tornado coming through here. You ain't going to scare people into hell. Even though David Payne scared the hell out of me. Somebody, there was a guy just nudged his wife and said, can you believe he just said that? <laughs> the goodness of God leads men to repentance. Baptism of water is proof that you have changed your mind. Repentance means change your mind to the better, not change your mind because of the worse. Change your mind for the better. Not change your mind for fear of the worst. Why are you using God as your scapegoat? Why do you treat God like he's a cosmic bellhop? Like if I call on him, I know he'll be there and I'll get right right then. You're not serving God. You don't have a relationship with the Lord. You use him to save you every time you get in a mess. That's not relationship. Whoo! Getting quiet in the sanctified building now. Peter said, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, for all the United Pentecostal people in the building. I know you. Then Peter said unto them, what did he say? There you go. First thing he said, repent and be baptized Every one of you. How many? Everyone. Tell your neighbor that includes you. Every one of you. And, and you know that one baptism you did when you was a kid when they sprinkled water on you and the Catholic church didn't count. <laughs> Pastor, I can't believe you just said that. That little sprinkling of water on my head didn't count. No! It didn't count. Well, what happened? Nothing. 
A guy took water on his fingers and sprinkled you on your head. That's all that happened. Boy, some of y'all are so disappointed right now. You should see the, you should see the looks I can see. Oh, goodness. Oh, my God. You know, I left this out of the message. I'm going to go ahead and pull it up. He didn't say just repent. He said turn. Turn to God. Rethink and return. Turn to God. We love preaching. God's going to turn it around. Hold on, brother. Late in the midnight hour. God going to turn it around. And that's a beautiful message because he will. But in repentance, it's not him doing the turning. It's you. The question is, who do you turn to? If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and He did not say he's going to turn you. He said it's your responsibility to turn. This nation needs to turn. We don't only need to think. We need to turn. As a matter of fact, there's too much thinking going on and not enough turning going on. Turn to God. What happens when, when you do that? <laughs> Acts chapter 2 verse 38 tells you. It remits your sins. For the remission of your sins. To release you from the bondage and imprisonment of sin. Woo, remission is a cancellation of debt. But it's also a disappearing of any sign or symptom of sin. Sin has no power over you. Quit treating sin like it's a competitor. Y'all not hearing me preach to you. Sin is not your competition. Sin has no power over you. I dare you to shout as loud as you can, turn to God. We like saying turn it over to God. No, don't turn it over to God. You turn to God. I move on. We're just preaching about baptism this morning. I was reminded. My brother called me this morning. He said, tell me that story about them jars again. Remember them jars and them worms? <laughs> I said, you're going to tell it in your church, huh? He said, I'm going to tell it this morning. So I told him about the jars and the worms. If you want to know about that, then you go back and listen to all the messages I preached this year, and you might find that. 
He said, what are you preaching on? I said, brother, I am preaching a message called Under the Influence. He said, my God. I said, oh, brother, I got a revelation on baptism that convicted me. He said, I'm going to have to hear it. I said, do you remember that story we heard about that little boy? He said, what story? I said, that little boy house was on the river. On the other side of the river was the church. And this church didn't baptize in a baptismal. And I kind of have a problem with that too, but I let that for another time. There ought to be a current in water. I believe that's why they baptized in the, the Jordan River. So there's a flow. If there's anything the church is missing in this hour is the flow. There ain't no flow. There's agendas. There's starts and stops. But there's no flows. But I'll leave that for another time. But the little boy, he knew when the church was leaving the building to baptize people. So he would sneak down there, Caleb, and get in bushes. And he would watch them. He was about nine years old. And you know his name had to be Johnny. <laughs> Let's call him Johnny. And Johnny is watching them. And they go down and the preacher says, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. You baptize. Now, for some of y'all, that didn't work. Because he left out the name Jesus. That's why I baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, in the precious name of Jesus. I get everybody in on my baptism. So his mama heard Johnny outside by the horse trough. And he was making a racket. And she could hear the chickens going crazy. And she looked out. And Johnny had a cage full of chickens. And he would reach in one at a time. And grab them by the neck. And he would look at them right in the face. And he would say, I baptize you, chicken." In the name of the Father and the Son and in the whole you go. <laughs> well, I thought that was funny. <laughs> if John the Baptist said, I baptize you because you've repented. But there's one coming after me that's going to baptize you with fire. Then John's baptism had to be a baptism of preparation for something greater. If you skip the water, you're skipping a step. Preach, Pastor Rick. I'm going to say it again. It's a priority. It's preparation for something greater. Quit crying for fire when you've never been baptized in water. I really believe that we take the patterns of scripture and we just mess them all up and we just put them in any kind of old order we want to. Boy, my mind just went to headship, but I'm going to leave that alone because a lot of people would get offended if we talked about that pattern. I'll make you mad right now. 
shall I go there? The Bible says, the Bible says, the B-I-B-L-E says that the head of the woman is the man. The head of man is Christ. The head of Christ is God. I'm going to let y'all figure that out. But now, we got men becoming women. And women becoming men. And we call that okay. You know, everybody like freaks out over there like, man, I can't believe people are doing that. No, you, what you better can't believe is this. Was that Cajun enough for you? What you better can't believe is this. You are messing with deity. You messing with God himself. You're not messing with people's choices. You changed what God created into an image you can worship. Men are men and women are women. There's a reason why you made like you made. And there's a reason why you learn to be like you are. So let's go back to it. That's why the apostles would walk up on a city and say, have you received the Holy Ghost? Watch the pattern since you believed. You got, you got people trying to get people baptized in the Holy Ghost that ain't never believed. Laying hands on them, screaming in their ear. They don't even believe in God. What makes you think you're going to get them repeating time my bow tie, time my bow tie, crank my Honda, crank my Honda? You're trying to get them to speak in tongues. They ain't never believed in God. Shaking them. Say it. How about let's get them to change their mind and believe in God? Then how about let's get them baptized in water? Then how about let's get them filled with the Holy Ghost? I thank God that I followed the pattern. I was in church 15 years old. Preacher preaching just like I'm preaching. Felt God's hand on my back. My brother right there, I looked at him and I said, you feel that hand? He said, yes, we turned around, there was nobody there. I said, brother, I'm going down to that altar. He said, me too. And here come Ricky and Randy. Oh, God, save us, save us. Save us, Lord. We love you so much. We love you so much. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your love. What did he preach on the love of God? Druid Murphy. I remember it. 1976. The bicentennial year. I gave my heart to Jesus. He looked at me and said, now you need to be baptized. I said, where's the water? Come on, let's do it. Me and old Randy went up there, boy, we got baptized, and when we come out that water, we were speaking in tongues. He never told us to speak in tongues. 
Tell your neighbor, stop messing with the pattern. See, we have, if the foundations be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? We just bring people down here. Here, here, pray this prayer. Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I said, okay, you're a Christian. Cookie cutting. <laughs> Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? I hope you didn't miss that. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism that like as Christ raised him from the dead by the glory of the Father even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of Jesus' death. We shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Lord, let this thing start hammering some hearts here today. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed, not, not put to sleep, destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is free from sin. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we'll live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dies no more. Death has no dominion over him. What is baptism? It is publicly identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I'm studying this. And we know that baptism means, I'm going to skip a bunch of notes. Told too many stories. <laughs> baptism means to immerse, not sprinkle. It means to plunge. It means to go under. Somebody shout all the way under. Yeah. Baptized. Matter of fact, if you get baptized and your face don't go under, come back up and tell that brother, do it one more again. Because you didn't get all of me. I want every bit of me under. The secondary meaning in the etymology of the word baptism is to be under the influence or to bring under the influence. Now this thing starts registering with me. Matthew chapter 4. Woo, verses 1 through 11. Deal with the temptation of Jesus Christ. There are three temptations. One of them have to do with idolatry. The other two have to do with identity. Satan said, good God, mercy, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Satan said, if you be the son of God, the question is, do you know your identity? Do you know who you are? Many of you think temptation comes to get you into sin. It doesn't come to get you into sin. Temptation comes to get you out of sonship. The, 
The temptation comes to make you question, are you really a son of God? The devil wants to make you wonder, am I really a child of God? If you be the son of God, that's the temptation. But here's the problem. With the temptation, good God, fire these people up, Lord. Fire them up, God. Here's the problem with the temptation. It came too late. Satan was one chapter too late. How do you know that, Pastor Rick? Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Then came Jesus to Jordan to John, same chapter, to be baptized of him. But John didn't have the revelation. John said, I need to be baptized by you. Why are you coming to me? And Jesus answered and said, suffer it to be so. Stop playing around, John. Now. Do it now. For thus it becomes us to fulfill all righteousness. There are some things in your life that cannot be fulfilled until you are baptized. The fulfillment of righteousness is not just your standing in God. It's everything that God has for you. Stop. Quit, quit, quit skipping the steps. Quit treating this like it's nothing. Maybe I'm preaching to myself here. And Jesus, when he was baptized, came straight up out of the water. Heaven was open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven that said, This is my beloved, shout it, this is my beloved Son. In whom I am well pleased. This wasn't about just stopping sin. This was about showing sonship. It's your testimony to the world. That I am a child of God. I got in my car this morning. Some of y'all are working your theological machine right now. You're trying to figure out, is Pastor Rick right? Yes, I am. Quit checking your theology for a minute. This is very simple. This is priority. This is preparation for something greater. This is your personal identification with Christ. So this morning, I get up. Come here, Haley. I get up. I go to my car. I study. You go, go sit down. And I pray. And I get up and pray and study. Four o'clock every Sunday, same pattern. God convicts me because Josh told me we're doing these baptisms. I tell Josh when we're in Fort Worth, I'm preaching on baptism. He just looked at me like, really? Is it that necessary? I said, man, 
God just spoke to me when you said the word baptism. Now, Isaiah, it all unfolded at the speed of light. And God told me it's priority. It's preparation. It's personal identification. Quit treating it like an exercise. I get in my car. I start to back out the driveway. And I looked at my left hand. And my ring wasn't on. I drove back into the driveway. I was late. And Giovanna was not with me. That means it's not her fault when I'm late. <laughs> I drove back into the garage. I called her. Here's how she answered. Yes, my love. I love the way she answers the phone. I'm going to call her right when I leave this pulpit. I said, babe. I left my ring. She said, oh, no, let me grab it for you. She comes out to the car. She slides it on my finger. I kiss her and I drive off, and the Holy Ghost speaks to me. That's your testimony. It's your witness. If women hit on you looking at a ring, they're the devil. Y'all just missed that. Only a devil would hit on somebody that's carrying the seal. Y'all not hearing me. When you got the witness, the devil is crazy to even come at you. What are you saying, Pastor Rick? I told you he was one chapter late. The end of Matthew chapter 3 says he was baptized and heaven opened and God said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. He came under the influence. My question to you is, whose influence are you under? I've had a lot of influences in my life, but nobody like my daddy. Nobody compares to my daddy. When a father says to a son, I love you, that does something to a man. My dad kissed us in the mouth till he died. And if you try to turn your cheek, he'd get your ears and say, I'm going to kiss your mouth for you, my son. And he would tell, tell me, Ricky, I love you. He would cry. He was getting old. And he would say, I believe in you. And this is the one that got me. I'm so proud of you. There's no influence like a dad telling a child, I'm proud of you. So when that devil came to Jesus and said, if you be the son of God, Jesus looked back at him and said, you're a little late. Because just yesterday, I heard my daddy say, this is my son. Do you know who you are? I'm going to ask you again. Do you know who you are? Whose influence are you under? This is the sign. This is the ring. This is the witness. This is the testimony. 
Get under the influence of your father. Where? Right here. Right here. Get under the influence of your father. I believe, I wrote this down, everyone that is baptized should hear these same words. This is my beloved child in whom I am well pleased. Do y'all hear what I just said? Because when you come out of that position correctly, you are now prepared to receive the power. God don't give the power of the fire of the Holy Ghost to people who are not prepared in their position as a son. Does this make sense? I know it does. If you ain't getting it, you ain't hearing it. This is the greatest revelation you'll ever receive about baptism. Quit treating it as ordinary. Quit treating it as commonplace. Quit treating it like somebody's not being converted. This is priority. Crystal, this is preparation. This is personal identification. When you stand in that water, see, Josh, you're being crucified. I'm going to say it again. When you stand in that water, Maverick, take your shoes off, man. I was going to do it, but I'm not doing it. I, I dressed up too good. You are too. You're always handsome. Take your phone out. He did not know I was going to do this. Erica, forgive me. Get in that water. I know you've been baptized already. But just, just stand there. Just go all the way down. I know it's cold. No, no, look. Go all the way to the end. Yeah, go to the end. And just, there you go. Now he's what? Crucified. Do you all see what I'm telling you? Now he's what? Crucified. Maverick, go down in that water. Lay down and just go all the way down. I know it's cold. Now he's buried. Stand up, Mav. Now he's resurrected. You know what? Let me go ahead and break some generational curses in this place and tell you. Let me just say this to you. If you're dealing with cycles and curses, you need to be in this water today. Pastor Rick, are you serious? Oh, yeah. We got 60 T-shirts prepared for people that want to bury stuff today. Are you hearing? So here's the question. Hold on. Here's the question, Glenn, cuz, if we've been baptized, I know you've been baptized, I've been baptized, can we be baptized again? Yes. Let me ask this question. If you sinned, can you ask for forgiveness? Yes. If you backslid, can you be restored? Yes. Five times? Yes. Ten times? Well, if you've been baptized, can't you be rebaptized? Why not? All it is is a testimony that this curse does not have a stronghold in my life. Any, somebody shall bury it in the water.